This is With Intrepid Heart Sermons, sermons by Rev. Adam Moline of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our Old Testament lesson today says this, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from amongst your midst. Listen to him. Thus the words of Moses, the great servant of God in the Old Testament, the writer of five books of that Old Testament. A prophet like me is coming, Moses says. What does that mean? If we're looking for a prophet like Moses, what are we looking for? What should we expect? How will we know if it's him or not? Well, to start with, let's see what we know about Moses. Moses, you know, was born to a people who were in slavery. Immediately upon his birth, a ruler of the land, the Pharaoh, sought to kill Moses along with all the other males of the people of Israel. But Moses was saved from being killed by that ruler. How? He was placed in a basket and floated in the Nile River, hidden among the reeds of papyrus. When he was rescued from the Nile, he was raised in the royal family of Egypt. Later on in his life, Moses had a theophany, a vision of God on top of Mount Horeb or Mount Sinai. God appeared to him in a burning bush. God spoke to him about the Exodus. What Exodus? Well, God sent Moses back to Egypt to lead his people out of slavery by a series of miracles, all of which culminated with the death of the firstborn. And after the death of the firstborn, God's people passed through the waters of the Red Sea. They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and then passed through the waters of the Jordan into God's promised land. That's the story of Moses, right? That's his life in a nutshell. So if we're looking for a prophet who is like Moses, we should find someone who matches a lot of those things. Moses tells us that prophet is coming and that we should listen to him. And you know who that prophet is. We've been talking about him for the last several weeks. In fact, we talk about him every week. He's coming. He's coming soon. His advent is drawing near. We'll celebrate his birth this week. Moses pointed to prophet is Jesus. I mean, think about it. 
Jesus fits the bill of a prophet like Moses. Jesus was born while his land was occupied by a foreign government. Not Egypt, but Rome. Jesus was born and placed not in a basket in the river, but instead in a manger filled with straw. The king wanted him dead just as the Pharaoh wanted Moses dead. The king killed the children of Bethlehem instead, and Jesus escaped. He went down to the Nile River under the protection of his family, who were of the royal house of David. Jesus performed a series of miracles culminating with the greatest miracle. God revealed himself in Jesus in a theophany on a mountaintop, not as a burning bush, but instead as Jesus was transfigured before the eyes of the disciples. They could not look at him, for he looked like the burning sun. His divine nature and holiness shone through his human nature. And there, at the transfiguration, Moses and Elijah appeared. And what did the three of them talk about? The exodus, leading people out of slavery. Not slavery to a foreign people, but slavery to sin. And how did Jesus do this? By the death of the firstborn Son of God. Then leading His people, you and me, through the waters of holy baptism, through a wandering of a lifetime here in this sinful world. Until finally we enter God's promised land. Jesus is the prophet that Moses pointed to. His advent is what Moses wanted us to watch for. And if you don't believe it, we could spend days and weeks talking about countless more signs that show Jesus is the fulfillment of our Old Testament words written by the prophet Moses. We could talk about more things like how Jesus met a bride at a well just like Moses, how Jesus was lifted up on the cross just like Moses lifted a serpent up. The prophet like Moses is Jesus. Can you see it? Will you believe it? If that's true, what does Moses say you should do? He says this, it is to him you should listen. You should listen to the prophet God raised up. That means you should listen to Jesus. Not just in the polite Midwestern way that we listen to people, smiling and nodding as they drone on. You should listen to him and do what he says. Listen and obey. Listen to the word of Jesus. 
For our Old Testament lesson says, whoever will not listen to my words that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him, says the Lord God. Failure to listen to Jesus means judgment. Judgment by the all-powerful Lord. It's not so easy to listen to God as sinful human beings, is it? Before our Old Testament that we have today, the people of Israel had been at Mount Horeb themselves. And God came down to speak to them with flames of fire, with peals of thunder, a cloud covering the entire mountain. People didn't want to see God. They didn't want the cloud lifted. It was too terrible and dreadful a thing to be a sinner in the presence of a holy God. In fact, hearing God's presence, hearing God's word there at the mountain brought their sinfulness to their attention. The people of Israel in the wilderness were not worthy of being in God's presence. They were not holy enough to pass through the fire that separates impurity from the holy God. They could not live up to God's word. Words written in the Ten Commandments. You shall not do this. You shall not do that. In fact, if we're honest, the people of Israel weren't even worthy of passing through the waters of the Red Sea while the wicked charioteers were drowned. They weren't any less sinful than those who died. They weren't worthy of eating the bread from heaven that sustained them in the wilderness. They weren't worthy to inherit the promised land. Same thing is true at the transfiguration, isn't it? The disciples were not worthy to be in the presence of the revealed God in Jesus. Their own actions testify to this. What did they do in Jesus' presence on the Mount of Transfiguration? They fell on their faces before Him. They covered their eyes in terror. When the voice rose from heaven and said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased, listen to Him. They weren't worthy, but they were given the same command. Listen to Jesus. Listen to the prophet like Moses. Disciples weren't worthy. The people of Israel weren't worthy. And neither are we. 
are we? We're sinful too. Like the disciples. Like the people of Israel. Like the Egyptians. Like the children killed in Bethlehem. Like all people from all times and places. Except one. Jesus himself. We are sinners. And what is sin besides this? Not listening to God's word. Not doing what God's word demands. Instead of listening to God's word, listening to ourselves, doing the very opposite of what God's word commands. That's sin. Sin that goes against Moses' word. Listen to him. Sin that goes against God the Father's word. Listen to him. And yet we don't. And it leads to all manners of wickedness in our own lives, doesn't it? Things we do obscure God's word in the world. And when we're confronted with the holiness of what God's word demands, if we're honest and compare our actions to that word, we find we fall short. And it's terrifying. Hellaciously terrifying. For if we sin, God's word said, we should die. Moses said it this way. Whoever will not listen to God's word that he shall speak, God himself will require it of them. How have you done as far as listening goes? Have you listened to some of it, but not all? Have you listened to the easy parts, the loving parts, the happy parts? not to all of God's word. Have you sinned? If so, what do you deserve? What will God require of you? We examine it that way. There's only one answer. The sinner deserves death. Merry Christmas, right? And a happy 
well, maybe terror-filled New Year. What hope do we have if we are sinners? What hope is there for you? What hope could there be? It brings us right back to the beginning. Dear Christians, God is going to send a prophet, a prophet who will be like Moses, a prophet who will lead his people through the wilderness of this sinful world, a prophet who will preach God's word in its truth and purity, and not only preach that word, but fulfill it for you. That's what Jesus has done. He has fulfilled God's word for you. He has lived perfectly where you could not. And not only that, but he's been lifted up on the cross to die the death that you earned. To die for your failure to hear God's word. For your failure to obey God's word. He's bled and died Because you could not fulfill what God's word demanded. And he's preached to you, hasn't he? He preached even from the cross itself. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And his last sermon before he died, it is finished. Meaning your sin was paid for. And he bestows his holiness, his righteousness, his purity upon you. He's brought you through water. Not the waters of the Red Sea, but the waters of holy baptism. You are baptized and clothed in the robe of Christ's righteousness. As the people of Israel wandered through the wilderness, their clothes did not wear out, and neither will your righteousness in Christ disappear or be tarnished or fade. He leads you through the wilderness of this sinful world. Every day you drown your sins in the water of baptism until finally the waters of baptism you will completely pass through and enter into His promised land. While you wander here in this world, you eat not manna from heaven, but instead the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, which brings forgiveness, life, and salvation to you all anew. Over and over again, week in and week out. And what's ahead? What is it that awaits you, dear Christian? God's promised land. Where there'll be no more sin or sorrow. Sickness. Instead, you will be at peace with God, face to face, without fear, without terror, world without end. That's what Jesus accomplishes for you. 
by his birth in Bethlehem, by his cross at Jerusalem, by his presence here now with you in Lincoln, by his word coming to your ears, his food coming to your lips, his washing, taking away your sin. God will raise up a prophet like me, Moses says. He'll raise up Jesus. Listen to him. Be in church to hear his word. Come into his presence so that you may listen to him. In the name of Jesus, amen. This has been With Intrepid Heart Sermons by Pastor Adam Moline. The words, With Intrepid Hearts, come from the conclusion to the Book of Concord where it is written, By God's grace, with intrepid hearts, we are willing to appear before the judgment seat of Christ with this confession and give an account of it. We will not speak or write anything contrary to this confession, either publicly or privately. By the strength of God's grace, we intend to abide by it.